The material and information contained in this podcast is for general information purposes only. You should not rely upon the material or information in this podcast as a basis for making any business, legal, medical, or any other decision. If you listen to me, you're a fool. Research for yourself. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. and this is the art of being the podcast and today I want to go over and talk a little bit about birthdays that's right birthdays <laughs> so um, I got here um, so I got here um, just a little website you know uh, want to do some some very highly extensive research live for you to enjoy and so I've pulled up probably the most accurate source on the planet Wikipedia <laughs> and we are gonna go over a little uh, couple birthday ideas uh, see, see what we got here uh, okay so uh, birthday traditions from around the world here we go and okay I see the first one listed here is Canada it looks like they have like like a sweet 16 kind of thing like the US does. I see um, quinceañeras, which is uh, a Hispanic tradition. Uh, what else we got here? <laughs> what is this, the Hindu Hindu tradition? Where is that, India or something? Well, and either way, it looks like they shave the head of the birthday person. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a crazy tradition. Um, yeah, it looks like we got a lot, a lot of gift giving in all cultures, it, it looks like the person who is having the birthday receives a gift. I see maybe like one exception uh, where other people get gifts on your birthday. You buy gifts for other people, maybe like one, but it seems like a lot. The person having the birthday gets the gift. Uh, I see, what is that, Denmark dumping cinnamon on? <laughs> That's crazy. So they dump cinnamon on you for your birthday. That's nuts. I don't think that I would enjoy that at all. What the heck? So I see a lot of, yeah, the, uh, pranks. What is that, Australia? Pranks played? It says it's pretty common to play pranks on, on people for their birthday, to, to get them on a joke. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, looks pretty much standard. Looks pretty much standard that pretty much across the... The planet on our birthday discussion today I would say the commonality is uh, celebration laughing gifts stuff like that uh, let me see let me scan here do I see no it doesn't look like a single culture on this planet um, cuts down trees and brings them in the house for anybody's birthday I don't see any mistletoe as a birthday tradition that's not a thing gingerbread no does anyone go caroling maybe on a birthday any nope nope scrolling down here i don't see a single culture that appears to go caroling or walking around singing on anybody's birthday huh that's interesting no it doesn't look like anybody decorates the outside of their house with lights either you know maybe decorate for the party but it but what 
you know, outside lights. I don't see anybody breaking into your house and putting gifts under a tree at all as a birthday celebration in any culture on earth. Huh, that's interesting. And uh, the reason I was pulling up birthdays today and I wanted to talk about birthdays is because in my culture, in the United States of America, where I live in the Roman Empire, uh, we celebrate this time of year, the winter solstice. What people were telling me is that they're celebrating Jesus' birthday. And, and, and I've seen a lot of birthdays in my day. But I see a lot of people doing stuff that just does not match a birthday celebration. So I thought maybe I'd come in here and pull up this Wikipedia right here for the audience to see and go over birthday celebrations from around the world and see if maybe just one of the things we do on Jesus' birthday matches any birthday celebration in the world. And I just don't see it. So what the heck kind of party is you throwing at your house? What the heck kind of party are you throwing at your house this, this holiday season? Because when I look at birthday celebrations, ain't nothing except for maybe gifts. That's pretty common. But the person having the birthday gets the gifts, not everybody else on the planet. Why, was, why this role reversal? Huh, role reversal. That's interesting. Let's look up. Hmm, reversing roles during the winter solstice and see, so instead of the person having the birthday gets a gift, everybody else gets one. Let's see if anybody does any role reversals. Ah, yes, actually during this time, during the winter solstice time, one of the Roman practices during Saturnalia was a role reversal. That's interesting. Slaves became masters, masters became slaves. Looks like just complete chaos and debauchery a lot of sin, sometimes human sacrifice. This is crazy. So why are we claiming to be celebrating the birth of Jesus and nothing that we're doing matches any birth celebrations ever? And the role reversal that's taking place actually links more towards a Roman pagan holiday than it does a birthday celebration. Well, that's interesting. Hold on, hold on. We gotta get to the bottom of this because everyone, like I said, everyone's telling me they're celebrating the birth of Jesus. I think he was probably born closer to September, probably, you know, conceived earlier on in the in, in the springtime and and born uh, or or right right around the birth of spring, some somewhere around there. Best best guess I got, you know, September-ish, maybe, you know. Uh, so but we're celebrating in December. Okay, cool, whatever. I mean, we might not know the exact day, uh, but we do know that Jesus's birthday wasn't in December. Let's see, let's see whose birth was in December. Ah, looks like the birth, the death and birth of the sun in pagan rituals, like as in S-U-N, the sun, is what took place on the winter solstice. Huh, that's interesting. That doesn't match Jesus in the Bible at all. So I say again, what kind of party are you throwing at your house? You say it's a birthday celebration, yet none of your traditions match a birth. You say it's for the Messiah, yet I find that he was probably born in September 
and that the only birth that was taking place during this time was birth of pagan gods. That's interesting. Then why are we claiming that this is for the Messiah if everything we're doing is matching not the Messiah? <laughs> it's matching pagan practices. That's interesting. Hold on, hold on. We have got to get to the bottom of this, people. You are, this is live. I am doing this research live on the podcast. And I'm going to pull up right here some Christmas traditions. I got this right here. It's top nine Christmas-type traditions. And let's see if a single one of these traditions matches a birthday celebration. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. So I got this one pulled up right here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me scroll down. Let me scroll down. All right, number one, Christmas caroling. Let's see if that's linked to birthdays anywhere. No, it comes from waysailing, which is getting drunk and sinning and debauchery in the streets during the time of the winter solstice. Okay, so caroling doesn't match a birthday celebration. Ah, number two, kissing under the mistletoe. Mistletoe is a thing that I've seen a lot in, in my country during this time of year. Surely mistletoe is, is a type of birthday celebration and is some way linked to, to biblical uh, truths and link to the Messiah, right? Like, it has to be. If this is Jesus' birthday, then the things we're doing has to link to him, right? Right? Or else, or else what are we doing? You know, so let, mistletoe will come through. Hold on. Nope. Druids, Vikings, ah, Saturn worship, fertility rituals. It says right here, Frigga, the goddess of love. Okay, so that, uh, that doesn't link to the Messiah. Um... Okay, decking the halls. Surely people decorate for birthdays. Nope, nope. Decking the halls during this time is linked to the Roman practice of Saturnalia. It also appears to be uh, have Egyptian roots to bring binary and uh, ivy and uh, different types of plants and evergreen type palms and stuff like that uh, into your home to celebrate resurrection and rebirth of Egyptian gods, uh, Saturn, like Saturnalia again. And yeah, it looks like some of the uh, Norris people did something similar where they would bring evergreen trees. So that doesn't match a birthday celebration. That also matches paganism. Huh, that's interesting. Okay, hanging ornaments. Let's see if this mimics a birthday. Nope, Saturnalia again. Saturnalia, it appears that hanging ornaments originated from Saturnalia and Germanic tribes would also do it in honor of Odin. Hmm, okay, that's not birthdays. Uh, hmm, Christmas holly, another type of decorating. That, maybe that's a birthday thing. Nope, that's in honor of the Oak King or the Holly King when they do an annual battle, okay? Yule logs. This this will be a birthday thing. Nope, nope, nope. It appears that uh, again Norris, Nor the people up in the the northern uh, part of Europe, the Viking type people, they would burn Yule logs to their gods. Okay, so what kind of a birthday party are you throwing at your house? When you say it's to honor the birth of your Messiah, yet the practices that we're doing in our homes, none of them match any birthday celebration that anyone does on the planet anywhere. Not a single one. 
and all the practices that we do do in our homes seem to be linked more to Saturnalia or Viking uh, paganism than it does birthdays. That's weird. That's weird. I thought I thought cutting down a tree and putting ornaments on it and bringing it into your home was for the Messiah. But it but it says right here that that is actually linked to pagan traditions, huh? So whose birthday is it? What are you doing in your house? It seems to me that you're not celebrating a birthday because your actions, now I'm not talking about what's in your heart. We'll get to that in a minute. We're not talking about what's in your heart. We're not talking about what you think you're doing and what you feel you're doing. I just want to talk about action. What are you actually doing? What action did you do in your home and the actions you took the actions you took seem to link more towards saturn worship odin worship than they do birthdays so whose birthday is it what are you allowing to happen in your home that you have allowed pagan practices saturn and odin worship your actions are the same actions that pagans do to worship their gods. They are not the actions that people, any culture on this planet, no cultures on this planet, do any of the things you're doing as a birthday. None of them do. But it seems that what they're doing is worshiping pagan gods. So your actions don't mimic birthday celebrations. Your actions seem to measure pagan celebrations. Huh. That's interesting. Man, I, I, I'm going to go in on this one, guys. I'm going to go in on this one because I, I feel like um, there's some misconceptions out there in our community. The people that, that claim to be followers of the Most High seem to be taking actions that match paganism more than anything else. And I want to see what God has to say about it. So today, open your book. And you know which book I'm talking about. The book. Open your book to Amos 5. And we're going to talk a little bit about what God thinks about these types of holidays. Okay? Let's go into it. Let's get into it. Let's let's get to a verse. Lots of times on this, on this podcast, on this channel, I kind of just rant. Kind of let you guys hear what I have to say. Get thoughts out. But today, this is important to me. So I want to make sure that we go over the scriptures themselves. All right, let's talk about Amos 5 and let's get into how God feels about these actions that we're taking. Okay? All right, Amos 5. I'm going to start at verse 16. Now, you, know, you should probably read the whole chapter because the whole chapter of Amos 5 is God being pretty ticked off <laughs> uh, and calling his people to repent. And it, it culminates with uh, a description of of the day of the Lord, which is the return of the Messiah and the restoring of all things, the renewing of all things, and uh, the bringing about of the victory of our Messiah, the final conquest. And um, he kind of tells us what he's mad at and, and what he's going to do about it and what actions the people are taking that is frustrating him. Because God literally says, these actions you take make me mad. So let's pay attention. Let's get into this. All right. Verse 16, Amos 5, 16. Therefore, Yahuwah Elohim of hosts, and hold on, I'll pause for a minute. Already paused, already paused. 
I, I, I want to say that um, the name of the Lord, the name of, of, of our God, okay, the name of the Most High, um, a lot of Christians have never, ever even said the real name. Never out of their mouths have they spoken the real name of their God. And a lot of people feel like it's taking the Lord's name in vain. And there's cultures that straight up just say it's forbidden to say because it's taking the Lord's name in vain. And I don't want to offend you if that's your culture. I'm not trying to offend you by saying the true name of God. What I'm trying to do is when Moses said, yo, what's your name? He gave him an answer, right? The Most High gave him an answer. And uh, Abraham knew, had a name. These, these, these men had a name in their minds that they would call upon, right? They knew who the Most High was. And and I want to know who he is too. And I might not be pronouncing it right. And when the Messiah returns, we might pronounce it. But please don't be offended by the way I pronounce it. And the, the we have chosen Yahuwah in our home. I know people say Yahuwah or Yahweh or Yahovah. We've chosen Yahuwah uh, based off of our limited understanding of, of, of Hebrew, very, very limited understanding of, of, of Hebrew, and I'm not trying to be offensive, but I think it's important that we, that we as believers learn our, our, our father's name, right? You should know your daddy's name. So again, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I, I do try to use his name to teach myself uh, and to become more accustomed with, with uh, not using the language that was given to me, but using the original name that was used. So no, no offense intended. It's just me trying my best. So let's start again. That's a little side note, little side note for you. All right. Therefore, Yahuwah Elohim of hosts, Yahuwah says this, there shall be wailing in the streets. Oh, snap. And they shall say in all the highways, alas, alas, they shall call the farmer to mourning and the skillful lamenter to wailing. In all the vineyards, there shall be wailing. For I will pass through, saith Yahuwah. Woe to you who desires the day of Yahuwah. For what good is the day of Yahuwah to you? It will be darkness and not light. Oh, snap. So, so far, we were only a couple verses in. Amos 5, 16 through 18. We just, it, we not only know that everybody's going to be crying and it's going to be darkness and not light. So this is a very, very bad situation. <laughs> it will be as though, I'm starting at 19 here, it will be as though a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. Or as though he went into a house, leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Those are all bad things. I have never seen a lion in the wild, but I have seen bears in the wild. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you need to clean your shorts situation when a bear walks past you no joke because um, you know in any instant there's nothing you can do you, you know you're at the will of that bear uh, so that's so we're talking real real scary there ain't nothing you can do to fix it if this bear eats you you're dead that's just the way it is so so the most high is telling us that, that this day he's going to come people are going to cry it's going to be darkness and it's going to be like a bear ran into in the woods you ain't going to be able to do nothing but die Okay, so this is not good. It is not the day of Yahuwah's darkness and not light. It is not very dark with no brightness in it. Or is it not very dark with no brightness in it? 21. I hate, I despise your feast days, and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. And that's an interesting point as well. 
in verse 21 there. That's an interesting point as well. Your feast days. So there's a difference, if you know Hebrew, between God's feast days and man's feast days. The feast days in Hebrew are called Moedim. And that's not what's being said here. So these, this is specifically not talking about like Passover and Sukkot. It's not talking about that. It's talking about feast days that are man-made because it's not speaking of Moedim here in, in this text. So I hate, I despise your feast days. I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offering and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear your medallies of your stringed instruments, but let justice run down like water and righteousness like a, like a mighty stream. Oh, man. All right, so, so far, we've, we've covered 16 through 24. What we've encountered is weeping, darkness. You ain't going to be able to stop it. It's going to tear you up, and I'm going to destroy you. Now, we get a little bit into why. God is going to destroy you and or or who whom he's speaking to I, I mean you as in all of us right like but anyway uh why God is going to cause destruction I should say on this last day and it's because he hates our feasts hmm wonder what he's talking about wonder what he's talking about and 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 then it says he hates our offerings and our songs so they're singing songs what's happening here is they're singing songs and and they're giving offerings and they're they're doing things that seem to be what godly people should do but God says he hates it. I wonder why. Let's get into this cuz cuz what he says here is verse 24 it'll come justice will run like water. Have you ever have you ever encountered water? Like like real water? Like not coming out of a hose or out of a faucet. I have encountered real water like actual actual water and you can't stop it I've, I've been hit with fire hoses all kinds of stuff in in my military training they would train us with stuff like that and you cannot stop it i've been in like super super rushing rivers before and you're gone you're gone when the, when that water hits you pfft, you are at its mercy you cannot fight it it's like a rogue wave like on the beach that just takes you out and then just sucks you out to sea and there's nothing you can do. They just tell you swim sideways and hope for the best because you can't swim against the current. You know, it's like that. Water can't be stopped. It's destructive. I've, you know, water can carve canyons, all right? And that's how justice is going to come. So I want to avoid this wrath of God and I don't want him to hate me. And, and I think I'm doing good offerings. So let's see if he goes into a better description of what's ticking him off so that we can avoid it, okay? All right. Did you offer me sacrifices and offering in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? You also carried Molech your king and Chinnam your idol, the star of your God, which you made for yourself. Therefore, I will send you into captivity beyond Damascus, says Yahuwah, whose name is Elohim of hosts. Okay, so here. All right, good, good. Now we know, now we know in this verse why God is mad and going to destroy you like a bear, like water. Why he hates the songs? Because he says right here, Israel, did you not offer sacrifices to me 40 years in the wilderness? So God is telling his people, 
Do you not know what sacrifices look like? Do you not know what worshiping me looks like? I know you do because for 40 years in the wilderness, you did it. But what you're doing is not that. What you're doing is your feast days, which actually worship Molech and Chinnam. And Chinnam, for those of you that don't know, is an ancient term for Saturn. It calls it the star of your Elohim. So what's happening in Amos 5 here is Israel, the nation of Israel, who, who is an example to us, right? And, and who we are a part of, we're grafted in. Israel is saying that they're worshiping God. They're doing offerings. They're singing songs. They're gathering together. But God is saying, it is your feast, not mine. And what it is actually doing is worshiping Saturn. So you say you're worshiping me, but what you're doing is worshiping Saturn. And we just went over a list of birthday celebrations from around the world. We found nothing that we do on Christmas matches any birthday celebration. And when we went over the uh, brief description of some Christmas traditions, what we actually found is that they're more linked to Saturnalia, Saturn worship, than they are birthdays. So we have the Most High here in Amos 5 telling us, telling Israel, you are doing a feast that is yours you claim it's for me, but it don't look like nothing I taught you. It looks like Saturn worship to me. And when we went over that list of, of Christmas traditions, we found it looks like Saturn worship. Cutting down of trees. The Babylonians have been doing that for thousands of years. It actually says in the Bible, and you're going to have to read this one for yourself, but it says in the Bible that the trees, the, the pine trees, are going to rejoice when the Messiah returns. you know why? Because they will no longer be cut down for pagan worship. While I'm looking around the streets, I'm looking for Babylon, it's gone. I, well, that's what I was told. I was told Babylon is gone. So why haven't the trees started rejoicing now? Because they're still being cut down every year. Every year the trees get cut down and they're going to worship and they're going to praise the Most High when they don't have to get cut down for pagan worship anymore. Well, is there a culture on this planet that's cutting down trees still? Because I don't see Babylonians doing it. Uh-oh. Not good. It appears that what we're doing when we cut down trees every year and bring them into our home we're the ones doing it. We are. And we're claiming that it's for the Most High, but what it actually looks like is Chinnam worship, Saturn worship. So the people that the Most High is speaking to in Amos 5 are going to get destroyed, sent into captivity, and they're going to wail. They're going to weep. There's going to be nothing they can do to fix it because they say they're worshiping God, but they're actually worshiping Saturn. I don't know how many times I have to say it the same way before it's going to get into the brains of the people out here that this is not our holiday. This is not for us. All right, and, and you say, well, I just choose not to accept it. That's what you say. I choose to worship 
Jesus on this day. Well, you can choose to worship Jesus on any day you want. I don't see any, uh, anywhere in the Bible ever, that it says, don't honor your king. I don't see it. We're supposed to honor our kings. You can honor him on every day. So you, do you think Israel's hearts were in it? Do you think Israel was, was they, they believed, right? They, they, it says right here. It says right here, verse 21, or verse 22, sorry. It says, though you offer me burnt offerings, your grain offerings, I will not accept them. Nor will I regard your fat and peace offerings. So they're making offerings to the Most High, God. But the way they're making the offerings looks more like Saturn worship than it does Most High worship. What do you think Christmas looks like to the Most High? When Babylonians, go ahead, look up, look up, uh, uh, there's some frescas, you know, like, uh, like wall carvings of Babylonians gathered around evergreen trees with a star on the top that's like 5,000 years old. Like, no joke. You can, you can just go find these online. You can look up Egyptian hieroglyphs where they're gathered around evergreens and palms decorated with ornaments for their false gods. Go ahead. Look it up for yourself. So you may think that your heart is in the right place. You may think that I am choosing to worship God, but God is specifically saying, don't come at me telling me you worship in me. It says right here in verse 23, making noise of your songs, for I will not hear your melody or your string instruments. How many Christmas songs are written to Jesus? Huh? How many? You think God is accepting those? When it's sung around a Christmas tree? You guys, you look like Saturn worshipers to me. You look like pagans to me. And I don't think the Most High cares. Clearly, in Amos 5, it's right here. He don't care that your heart is in the right place. He don't care. He told Israel straight up, you claim to be worshiping me. You're singing me songs. You're bringing me offerings. You say it's for me, but it is for Saturn and I hate it and I'm going to kill you and destroy you and send you into captivity because you're nasty and you're pagan. And you ain't doing what I taught you to do in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. It's right here in Amos 5. God hates Christmas. Let's read verse, verse 21 again. Amos 5 and 21. I hate, I despise your feast day. What feast day? Well, it's right there in verse 26. The feast day to Saturn. I hate... Your feast day because it's Saturn's day. That's what it is. That's what you're doing. You don't look like you're celebrating a birthday to me. Jesus didn't get not one gift from you this year. How many gifts under the Christmas trees for him? None. None. They're for you. Because this is a selfish holiday. A holiday built around consumerism. And a holiday built around pagan practices. Don't tell me your heart's in the right place. Because what they're doing here in Amos 5 is they're giving fattened peace offerings. Now let me tell you something. Let me tell you what a lamb 
or a fattened piece of what grain meant to them. You see, they had to grow their own food and birth their own animals to survive. They didn't have grocery stores. Okay, so they had to grow this kind of stuff for themselves. And they had to store it up during the harvest time so it would last the rest of the year when fruit and, and uh, grain and animals aren't given birth. You had to build enough up during the spring and summer and, and fall harvests so that you could survive the winter. So if you're bringing some of your grain, you are literally bringing your life. Because if you don't have enough grain, you're going to starve to death and freeze to death and die in the winter. So you are risking your life to make these offerings. So Israel's heart was in it. They wanted to give these things for the right reasons. They believed that it was for God. And they were offering something that they believed so much that they could have died. That's like that giving away a goat back in the day. That's like giving away your car. That's like going to your neighbor, knocking on the door and be like, here's my car keys. Or going to your pastor. Say, hey, pastor, I want you to have my truck. Here's the keys. That's what it's like to give a goat back then. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of stuff. That's life. We're going to die if we don't have this goat. We need its milk. We need its babies in the spring so that we can eat them, so we can survive. And they were offering these things because they believed in their heart. I believe it's for you, God. It's for you. That's what they were saying. They believed it so much they wrote songs. And they sung to him, oh, praise your name, God. Praise you, praise you. And they're giving away these things. And God says, I hate it. Stop, I hate it. That's what God says. I hate it. Because you think you worship in me, but you worship in Saturn. You ain't celebrating the birth of the Messiah because you're not doing birthday things. Your heart might be in the right place. You might choose to make it for God. You might choose to make it for him. God doesn't care about what you think. He's not liking your Facebook feed. Oh, oh, I saw your opinion today on Facebook. I like that. What a good opinion you have. Nah, man. Nah. It's we need to conform to him. He doesn't conform to us. Do you think when the Messiah returns, he'd be like, cool, cool, cool. Because your hearts were in the right place, we're just going to keep celebrating my birthday on the wrong day. And we're going to continue to cut down trees, which looks more like pagan worship, because your heart's in the right place. Do you think during the millennial kingdom, we're going to celebrate Christmas? You think that day is going to survive the destruction to come? No. It says right here, there'll be weeping, wailing, mourning, like a lion, like a bear like a viper that bites you and it's a poison fills you and as you slowly drift away to death you can't do nothing about it when that snake bites you back then they didn't have no hospitals or no anti-venom you get bitten either the lord saves you or you die that's what happens so god's saying you can't stop my destruction I don't care that you were singing to me I don't care that your offerings were were from a good heart it's all about love this season. I just want to love. God says, I don't care. Don't worship me the way you worship Saturn and call it godly. Don't do it. Because I'm going to kill you and I'm going to send you into Damascus. Good luck out there. Because I ain't on your team. 
you guys, I needed to pause for a minute there. I needed to pause. I needed to gather myself. Because it is infuriating to me that you think what you're doing is okay. And I get it. I get it. I have many fond memories of Christmas. My mom loves Christmas. We used to love, me and my sister, waking up and going to our stockings. All the Christmas things we do. I have fond memories of Christmas. And when you start to realize the truth, you have to realize there is some things that you think are good. That you hold lovingly in your heart. But it don't matter what you think. God is not concerned with your opinion. He is concerned with your actions. And if your actions match the deeds of a, of a saved Hebrew redeemed person, or do your actions match the actions of the pagans? Christmas is not even in the Bible. It's not there. You can't find it. See, yes you can. I, we just read in my church about in Luke. We just read it in my church. The birth of the Messiah right there. Where, where does it say? Remember him and do this always. Cut down trees every year to celebrate my birth. Where does it say that in Luke? It don't say that in Luke. It don't cover that in Luke. And as a matter of fact, from the mouth of the Messiah, what did he say do in remembrance of me? Passover. That's right. Passover. At the Seder dinner, before his death, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So if you're celebrating Christmas in remembrance of him, instead of Passover in remembrance of him, then what you're doing is a feast from you. It's your feast day. Not the one that Yahshua told us to do. Not the way Yahshua told us to do it. He had a Seder dinner at Passover and said, this is how to remember me. And you think cutting down a tree makes him happy because your heart is in the right place? That's what you think. You just think, oh, it's cool. No, no big deal. My heart is in the right place. Trust me, Zion. Trust me. Israel's heart in Amos 5 was in the right place or else they wouldn't have wrote a song about it. Israel's heart was in the right place or they wouldn't be bringing their grain, which is their life through the winter, and offering it. Their hearts were in the right place too. But God said, you're done. Don't come up in here trying to worship me the way you worship Saturn. Don't do it because I'm going to eat you like a bear. Fond memories of Christmas are hard. It's hard. It's a hard holiday to let go. There's a couple things, and I'll cover those in other episodes because I don't want to get too off track. I tend to do that a lot. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to get too off track. But there's a few things that I personally had real hard time letting go of. I had like, oh, man, that sucks, and that's hard. Like, my wife didn't have a trouble, trouble letting go of Christmas when we, when we decided to stop celebrating holidays that weren't in the Bible because she saw the commercialism in it. She saw it was all about gifts and presents and people were more excited about what they got under the tree than they were about the Messiah. That's what she saw. You just do one little church service and then the rest of the day is about gifts. So my wife, she, she was easy out. But that's not the same for me because Christmas was kind of a deal for me. You know, my mom loves Christmas. Like, I got I got gifts from Santa like well into my 30s, no joke. <laughs> that's what that's how my mom looks at this day. All right, so I get it. I get that you have good memories, and I get that they were filled with love. And I'm not trying to take those from you. 
But God don't like it. He don't like it. And if he's the one being worshipped, don't you think we should listen to him and worship him the way he asked us to? It's like if my wife says, you know, my love language is acts. You know, do, do something for me. But instead, I uh, write her a poem and I don't clean the house at all. Well, she wanted me to clean the house as a sign of love, but I'm going to write you a poem because I don't really care what you think. She's going to be like, well, thanks for the poem. That was nice, but my house is still dirty and she's not going to feel loved because I didn't act in her love language, right? So if you claim to love God, then you need to love him the way he wants to be loved, not the way you want to love him. You have to do the acts that he has asked you to do or else he won't feel loved. There might be a nice gesture. Thanks for the poem. Thanks for writing songs, guys. But that's not the way I want to be worshipped. From the Messiah's mouth, he said, Worship me and remember me with this bread and this wine, which is the afikomen from the Seder dinner. He told us how he wanted us to show our love to him. What you're doing is not that. What you're doing is not a birthday celebration. It is Saturn worship. And God says he's going to kill you for it. And that's the word of God. That's in Amos 5. That's what it says. That's, this is not an opinion. I just read the scripture for you. Uh, there will be wailing in the streets. Woe to you for this. It will be darkness and not light. The day of the Lord is going to be bad. He going to wipe everything out. Everything. My wife had a dream about it once and it was just tornadoes, just ripping upside down tornadoes is what she said in the dream. Upside down tornadoes of like fire and dirt and destruction, just whoa, destroying the earth. That's what it's going to look like. And people that are going to be included in, the, in that wrath and people that are going to weep and wail and can't do nothing about it like a bear coming up on you. You can't do nothing about that. You just got to hope, lie still, hope for the best. Like a bear coming at you. That's how the, that's how the Messiah is coming back on the day of the Lord. And people that are going to get eaten by this bear are people that have their own feast days that claim to be worshiping the Most High but are actually worshiping Saturn. Those people are tied up into that destruction. So you might think you celebrate the Messiah's birthday. You might have your heart in the right place just like Israel did. But you are uh, good initiative, bad judgment. <laughs> That's what we used to say in the Marine Corps all the time. Good initiative, bad judgment. So you, you have taken the initiative to worship your God, but the scripture is clear in Amos 5. You're doing it the wrong way and you're going to get tied up in this destruction and you're going to have to answer for it. He says, like a serpent that bit you. What are you going to do on the day of the Lord? When Jesus says, uh, I thought I told you to knock off your feast days. Don't do your own. I thought I told you how I wanted to be remembered and worshipped. What you doing cutting down trees? Did you not know the Babylonians cut down trees? Did you not know Odin worshippers cut down trees? Did you not know Frigga worshippers cut down trees? Where in the Bible does it say cut down a tree and decorate it with tinsel? Where? Where did I ask you to do that for me? I never did. As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah, he says, don't cut down trees and decorate them. Don't carve them into idols. He says, don't do it. 
yet you you do it every year. And when people tell you it's pagan, you'll be like, yeah, but I choose not to accept it, man. You go, that's not, that's not okay. That's not okay, guys. That's not okay. You have to love him the way he wants to be loved and worship him the way he wants to be worshiped. And what you're doing looks more, your actions, not your actions, look more like Saturn worship than a birthday. It looks more like Saturn worship than the way Jesus said, remember me. I don't care where your heart's at, guys. We have to repent. We have to. The scriptures are clear. And your opinion is not important. It is clear right here that if we have our own feasts and we celebrate our feast to God, but our feasts look like Molech and Saturn worship, God is going to be pissed. Sorry for the language, but he's going to be upset. I pray that you receive this message that was given to us by, by Amos. And I love reading the Minor Prophets, man. I love it because nobody does it. <laughs> I, I love to get, go online and give debates about Christmas. You know, I get in there and I like chat with other people and try to share some scriptures and share some stuff. And anytime the argument gets heated, I drop Amos 5 because th nobody can do nothing about it because they never studied Amos. <laughs> and if they did, they would only find out that what I'm telling you is true. That these people of Israel were claiming to worship God, but were actually worshiping Saturn. That's that's literally what the text says. And so I love getting in the minor prophets, and and you should too. You should too. Don't be don't be embarrassed on on the day of the Lord when we all walking around heaven shaking hands and 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 hugging grandmas and grandpas and aunties and uncles that we haven't seen and 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 getting together to meet each other. And and Amos walks up and says says something to you, and you'd be like, oh. I mean, I read your book once, you know? Some of you can quote every word that Paul said, but you don't know not a single thing that Amos said. What's the difference between Amos and Paul, y'all? What's the difference? It's both speaking from the Lord, right? So get into Amos 5 and prove me wrong. Go ahead. Prove me wrong. Prove to me in Amos 5 that this ain't talking about Christmas. It's talking about worshiping God, claiming to worship Him, claiming to worship Yahuwah, but actually worship, but having actions that actually look like and mimic Saturn and Molech worship. Go ahead, prove me wrong. And if you do, I need to know, guys, I'm not the end-all be-all. If you can prove me wrong that Amos 5 is not talking about this, uh, then hit me up, man. I'm on Facebook at The Art Being. I'm on Twitter at The Real Art of Being. And you can find us uh, on Gmail at theartofbeing at gmail.com except in the being there is a three for the e that is the art of the letter b the number three ing at gmail.com uh hit me up guys i want to know what you think i want to know put some put some comments in this uh like share subscribe all that good stuff and and let me know if i'm off base but to me it is clear god hates our feasts and christmas is ours christmas is ours nowhere do you find worship anywhere in the Bible around the time of the winter solstice, except when it's talking about Saturn and paganism, and it's clear God hates it, and he don't care that your heart's in the right place. He don't care that you wrote songs to him. He don't care that you sing in all kinds of praises to his name because your actions don't look like the actions that he taught us in the desert for 40 years. That's what it says. That's what it says. So I hope this is a blessing to you, and I hope that you can... Um, 
learn to let go of this holiday despite the fond memories and the love that is shared during this time and find something else to do. You know, look into Hanukkah, read the book of Maccabees. Jesus celebrated Hanukkah, so you don't have to miss out. My daughter didn't miss out on anything. My daughter didn't like, oh, but the kids, do it for the kids. Do what for the kids? Indoctrinate them into paganism? Nah, man, nah. My daughter and I had great time during the eight days of Hanukkah. We, we baked breads together and made homemade treats. We didn't go out to the store and buy stuff. We made it in the house and we just had just a blast, just chilling in our house, celebrating the festival of lights, just like Jesus did in John 10 and 22. He went to Hanukkah. So we're just trying to mimic his actions because he's our perfect example. And Jesus didn't celebrate the winter solstice. Never, ever, ever. He never even celebrated his birth. What he celebrated was Hanukkah. And when he told us to remember him, he didn't say do it on winter solstice. He didn't say do it with mistletoe. He didn't say do it with gingerbread. He didn't say do it with Santa Claus, AKA Odin. He didn't say it. He said do it like the Passover. That's how we're supposed to remember him. So anyway, that's my two cents. Uh, and I love you guys, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo anybody's party here. I'm not trying to uh, be the Grinch, as people like to say. I'm just trying to present the scriptures as they are presented to me in the truth from Amos, from the mouth of God, to Amos, to me. And it seems clear that we are not to worship in our own way. We are to worship the way God wants to be worshipped. And he don't want us to do stuff that looks like Saturn worship. So do some research on your own, and uh, I pray that you can come out from under this Babylonian celebration and enter the truth of celebrating the Moedim of, of the Most High and following the example that our Savior Yeshua gave us. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you later. Hopefully you'll come back for the next one. Bye.